Hello, everyone. This is Amy Porterfield from the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. You're listening to the man who's trained more people to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the podcast answer man. Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Whether you're looking to launch a podcast or build an online business that allows you to do the work you love, You've come to the right place. Podcast Answer Man presents The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Now, here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome to episode number 509 of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And I am sitting here on my in my studio, not on my studio. I am in my studio on Friday, July 21st, 2017, recording this episode. And it feels kind of weird. It feels like it has been weeks since I've talked to you guys. And the reason for that is because, well, I batched processed the most recent few episodes that you guys heard. Knowing that I had my 31st session of podcasting A to Z coming up and looking and it looked like it was going to sell out, which by the way, completely sold out session for my 31st session of the course. And knowing that I was going to have at least 20 students that I would be working with, I knew that I'd be pressed for time. And boy, that was the case. And in fact, it's still the case today, although technically speaking, I've got plenty of time because I build a lot of margin in my life and both personally and professionally when it comes to time these days. But I have to admit to you guys something that I'm a little bit cautious to share with you because I don't want any of you to think that I'm ever going to abandon this world of audio podcasting. Ah, So, and by the way, I have no notes in front of me about what I'm going to be sharing with you today, although uh, I am going to tell you that uh, the the topics are just going to flow. So, for example, number one, batch processing is totally awesome. If you already are in the flow of how you create your content, you've already found your voice, I don't necessarily recommend people who are brand new to podcasting, I do not recommend that you batch process your episodes because in the beginning, chances are, if you're like most brand new podcasters, when you get behind the microphone, you don't have that same level of confidence that you will after having produced a lot of episodes You sometimes haven't quite honed in on how you want to communicate to your audience. You might not have actually figured out what exact formula is the formula, what exact format is the right format for your show. There's so many unknowns when you're just getting started with podcasting. And if you go right out of the gate and batch process five, 10 episodes before you start, before you finish easy for me to say. I'm not editing this week's episode, by the way. I I do have time, but I actually, okay, I, I've had time. I put it off to the last minute. Now I don't have time. That is the real authentic, true answer for that one. But anyway, where was I saying? Oh, but yeah, so if you record five to 10 episodes right out of the gate before you launch your podcast, 
the problem that you run into is that you, through the process, you're like, okay, well, first of all, if you record as many as five episodes, by the time you get to the end of the fifth episode, if you were to go back and listen to the first episode, it technically, you probably will feel like, I probably shouldn't put put this online because you're so much better in the fifth episode than you were in the first. And then sometimes what happens is those people end up saying, okay, I'm going to re-record the first episode. And then they re-record the second episode and they'll actually re-record all five episodes. And by the time they get to the uh, second version of their fifth episode, they go back and listen to the second version of their first episode. And they realize that the fifth one is so much better again and I think you get where I'm coming from. So I, I find that a lot of people fail to launch because they try to get everything perfect. They try to get too much out of the gate. And my experience has been that most brand new podcasters find greater success if they just take their imperfection, record their first episode, rip off the Band-Aid, and hit the publish button. And that's why instead of trying to hit for high rankings in iTunes, and we're not going to use the N and end term. Okay, we are because I just brought it up. New and noteworthy. I think it's a farce. I don't think it works for almost anyone unless you're already a very massively popular person who has a loyal following online. If you are that, then yeah, okay. Chances are new and noteworthy might do you some good. But if you don't have thousands of people who are already following you and desperately looking to hear from you on a consistent basis through social media, then forget about new and noteworthy. Stop thinking about batch processing these things. And I would save the batch processing until you have really discovered your place in the podcasting world, until you have found your voice, until you know what the format of the show is that that works best for you, until you've got all of those things ironed out I would put off batch processing. But as soon as you have figured that stuff out, then yeah, batch processing is a nice thing to do. And and I've done it. There are a couple issues that I have found with batch processing. One, if I get three, four, or five weeks ahead, I find that when... Uh, you know, those are all scheduled out. You know, they got, for me, I've, they've got episode numbers in them and I like using epi- episode numbers. We could talk about that another time. But anyway, um, when we use episode numbers and we put those things out and they're all scheduled, that's three, four, five weeks out in advance. Then what happens if all of a sudden there's this timely topic that I want to put into my show and I want to speak about it. It's like, oh my gosh, this was this was just announced. And especially for me as the podcast answer man, what if I'm five weeks out in scheduled episodes of my podcast and just today Apple releases some kind of brand new breaking news about podcasting? And if I record something, I guess I could put in a little, you know, this is episode 506B. <laughs> and I've seen people do that. Um, I could put off, uh, I could put out a little episode in between the episodes. So it's not technically an episode, but I don't like the idea of that. Or I could, uh, <laughs> I could go in and, and just record and people have to wait five weeks to hear it. And, those are the kinds of things that I think bother me personally about batch processing too far into the future. And then there's also getting out of the habit. I love the idea of, cre- okay, I love and sometimes feel anxiety over the idea of recording my podcast episodes week to week. One of the things that I love about recording week to week is number one, I'm always in the routine of recording. 
uh, as I'm sitting here today, it's been a couple weeks be- since I've been behind this microphone to record a podcast episode. And because it's been a few weeks, it, it believe it or not, even for somebody like me who's recorded, I've done over 3,700 podcast episodes in the last 12 years. And just a few weeks out of this chair for this purpose, it feels like, wow, um, okay, what do I do here? No, it's not like that. But I think there's 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 just a small degree of that, if you know what I'm saying. It, it's just like, wow, I've, I've gotten out of this routine. Now I've allowed myself over the last couple of weeks to fill what time I would normally record this show. I've allowed other things to fill that and occupy that spot. And as a result of that, those things have, are, are starting to become things that I enjoy doing at that date and that time. And and now when do I record my show? And and it's like, well, I don't need to this week. And then all of a sudden now this week I did need to and I chose not to. You, I think you get what I'm saying. So there are benefits and drawbacks to batch processing. Another thing that I've been working on lately, and of course that's what I want to sh- shift into now. I, this wasn't an episode about batch processing. I just figured I'd share those things since that just came to mind as I told you guys that, hey, I'm back and it feels like it's been a while. And that's the other thing. It feels like it's been a while. Because it, it, I, let me just, okay, so we're going to go back to the batch processing for just a moment. In just a moment. I only have this one other thought that just occurred to me. The other thing about this is I consider my audio podcast with you. And yes, I'm talking to you individually. And yes, I'm talking to you as an audience, more than one person. I've, well, let me, I'll get to that in just a second, maybe if I can remember to come back to it. But the idea is I consider this to be a conversation with, between me and you, to, to keeping you guys up to speed as to what's going on in my own journey of, of making a difference in this world with the podcast content that I'm creating, uh, what podcasting is, what the podcasting, how do I want to say this? How I'm using podcasting to further my business efforts and to get my message out to a larger world, keeping you guys up to date on how I'm communicating with people, not just in my podcast, but what I'm doing to communicate with people outside of my podcast. I mean, for example, it's been it's been more than two weeks since I've sat down to record a podcast episode. And there is a ton of stuff that I've been doing over the past two weeks that I would love to tell you guys about. And I'm going to try to share with you as much of that as I can here in this episode uh, to get you guys caught up to date because this show is not just about, you know, the technical ins and outs of podcasting. It's about what you can accomplish with a podcast. And it's also, you know, where does podcasting fit into all the other things that you do to build your brand to serve people, to build relationships, all of the different things, whatever your purpose for all of this stuff is, how does all that stuff fit together? That's what this show is about as well. And it's about me sharing what I'm experiencing in hopes that some of the things that I'm experiencing, what I'm learning from the things that I'm doing, hopefully that is stuff that might potentially apply to you or at least help open your mind to new possibilities yourself. And so it, it, the other drawback to batch processing is that I feel like I'm not as close in my relationship with you guys because, well, it, it for me, now you guys haven't felt it because over the last couple of weeks, you've still received episodes on Friday. But for me, it feels like a, it feels like it's been a while since I've had a conversation with you. And and so there is that as well. And, and, and that was only, what, two or three episodes 
But imagine if you get more than two or three episodes out. And I hear several of my friends who are podcasters, they brag about the fact that, hey, I just I just wrapped up a recording session, batch processed. I, I, I've got content for the next three months. And I think about that, and, and I'm not judging them, but I'm thinking about that from my own perspective, from my own mindset of this being a conversation between me and you. I can't imagine trying to fit three months worth of conversations into one lunch appointment with you. And that's almost what it feels like to me. And and again, I know that, that there are a lot of different approaches out there, all of that different stuff, but all of that to say that I I enjoyed the benefits of batch processing, but I also, I also very much experience the drawbacks of batch processing as well. Okay, now I'm ready to move on. But before I talk to you about what I've been what has been going on since I sat behind this microphone to talk to you guys, um, I do want to bring up this other thing that just came off the top of my head there, and that is some people have have mentioned that the only way that you should communicate in your podcast is it's it's between you and one person, and so you should never say you guys or hey everybody. It should always be the singular person. I've heard that, and by the way, I've got very close personal friends of mine. They are experts in their own right and have earned that that position and that title for themselves and I respect every single person that I've heard suggest this I respect them immensely and I and I get where they're coming from and I and I believe in the heart of what they're saying but I don't like this overall formula that says you must only communicate in your content whether it's a podcast a youtube channel a facebook live stream or whatever you must only communicate as if you're communicating to one human being because it's a conversation between you and that one person and i i totally get that i i, I love the idea of communicating and understanding hey there, you in the car right now you're on your way to work, right? But the thing is, is I could I could say that and there are a few hundred of you that all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, he's talking to me. Well, the reality is, is um, and, and I hate to burst anybody's bubble, but you're not the only person listening to my show. In fact, there's the person that's out there cutting their grass right now while listening to me talk. And yes, I've been told there are people out there that have these special headphones that isolate outside noise and even make it easier without damaging your eardrums to hear podcasts while you're mowing the grass. And so there are people, you right now, you're mowing the grass. See, I'm talking to you. But the reality is, is there are more than one person. There there are more than one (laughs) There is more than one person. There are more people out there. I don't know which of the grammar things is correct. Maybe I should get Mignon in here to coach me on my grammar. Anyway, and by the way, Mignon, for those that don't know, Mignon is Mignon Fogarty. She happens to be known as Grammar Girl, and she's one of the original podcasters from way back in the days of 2005, 2006, when we were getting started with this platform. But anyway... Uh, you can check her out. She's got a podcast called Grammar Girl. She has an entire network. I think her network is still going. Quick and Dirty Tips over at quickanddirtytips.com. That's where you'll find her podcast and a bunch of other short form podcasts if you're into that sort of thing. So this idea of only talking to people as in, you know, it's it's you, I'm talking to one person. And I, I do that sometimes, but more than anything, I and the reason why this is such a stickler for me, I hear these people, they, they prescribe this as you must never use anything in the, 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 the plural language. It must be in the singular. 
And, and I don't like it when people tell me what I should or should not do, especially if I'm in the habit of not doing that thing. And I, and of course I, 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 I listen to their advice. I weigh their advice. I think about it. I, it's like, does that apply? And do I agree with the heart of the message? And can I agree with the heart of the message? Take to heart what it is that they're actually getting at, but still actually go against what they're saying and still use plural language. For example, in my podcast here, every week you're going to hear me, hey, my friends, great to be back with you, and you all, I'm, I'm going to actually say things that indicate the fact that if you're listening to my voice, hey, you're not alone. And, and by the way, that doesn't mean that you're not valuable to me. I believe in the value of every single human being, every single one of you who has decided to use the most limited resource on this planet, which is your time, the fact that you're here listening to every single syllable of every word that I speak and every word I misspeak, the fact that you've given me your attention is extremely valuable, and I absolutely am honored by that fact. And so I... I definitely believe in seeing the value of one person the that it's not about all the big numbers and stuff like that so i get the heart of that i also get the heart that this is a conversation between me and you but here's the deal when i go out to lunch i can have a conversation one-on-one with my with a friend at lunch and that conversation is going to be not a whole lot different than if I had a conversation with me and five other people who are at the same lunch table with me. And I've done that. I've gone out to lunch with small groups of people. And sure, when there are more people, you you know, there's more conversation that happens and stuff like that. But every now and then, I've been at a I've been at tables where I've had uh, I've been at lunch with a friend, a single friend who says, "Cliff, I'd like to ask you a couple questions." Or, "Hey, I want to invite you to lunch to tell me about your experience with this one thing. Everything you want to share with me, please share it with me." And I'm like, okay, and that, and they're opening it up for me to go on for a monologue, and that conversation is not a lot different than a small group of people who I've had lunch with, maybe at a conference where they're interested, and they're like, hey, Cliff, you know, why don't you tell us about that, your experience with that one thing? Tell us anything you want. And I'm like, are you sure you guys want me to dominate the conversation? You let, No, Cliff, we, we, yeah, and there's some agreement around the whole table that they want me to tell the full story behind whatever it is that they're interested in. And, and I share that story. And the way that I tell that story is not much different between the one and the five. And sometimes, depending on how you communicate on from a stage, it's not a whole lot different there either. Although I do like the idea of when I'm behind the microphone here in the studio, I do choose to think of myself as having a conversation at lunch or dinner or in a small group of friends who are interested in hearing me talk about a story or tell of my experience with something. I do tend to think of a small group or one person from time to time, but mostly a small group of people, rather than thinking of myself being on a stage and communicating. Because I sometimes I believe that when I'm on a stage and I've been invited to be on a stage, they're not in, now there are some exceptions. There have been some times when I've been invited to come on a stage and to tell a story. 
And if I'm going to tell a story, it really is no different. But many times when I'm invited to come on a, on a stage, I've been, enti- I've been invited to, to teach something, okay, to, to communicate something that, that people need to learn and, and they need to have takeaways and, and stuff like that. And so oftentimes that will change the way that I communicate. And I don't necessarily do that a lot here in my podcast, although I occasionally do that as well. So all of that to say this, if you want to say, hey, guys, what's up? Say, hey, guys, what's up? That's okay. Because here's the thing. We all, as podcast listeners, understand that there's more than one person, that we are not the only person that's downloading your show. And I think it might be artificial to only, to only communicate as if you're talking to one person. Okay, that's my thoughts on that. All right, what else did I want to share in this episode? Uh, again, no idea of what I wanted to say ahead of time. Just hit the record button. I knew it's Friday. I'm pushing up against the deadline to get you guys something out here. And I knew that, uh, yeah, I didn't want to skip this week. So I'm hitting the record button. And and here's what I want to share with you. I, I, that that part right there, that, that would be edited out if I was going to edit anything out. But this week, I'm not editing anything out. In fact, it's week two of my podcasting A to Z course. It's 12.31 p.m. So I have less than 90 minutes before my next weekly group coaching call starts with my A to Z students. And I haven't had lunch yet. So yeah, we're going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to record this. I'm going to edit this or I'm not going to edit this. I'm going to process this file in Adobe Audition, put my multi-brand processor, my secret sauce on there. Uh, save it as an mp3 file, tag it, upload it, and put it out as a podcast episode for you guys um, and and get it out there so you guys have this on Friday because that's when I want you guys to have my episodes on Friday if at all possible. And, and yeah, and then I'm going to go and fix myself some lunch and then I'm going to come down here and do my week two group coaching call. But here's what I will tell you. What I've been up to over the last couple weeks is I've kind of gotten a little bit of a a bug when it comes to equipment for video production. Now, I've talked about the fact that recently I set up some new camera equipment here in my studio. I, I've got a whole uh, video switcher, The I think, what is it called? The Roland V1 HD uh, video switcher. It's a, It takes in multiple HDMI ports or inputs and I can and switch behind switch them it's all hardware so it's not software dependent don't need to worry about crashing software or software that's you know getting a little wonky or slow or anything like that I've got a video uh, a hardware video recorder I've got a web presenter that takes this HDMI sent, uh, signal and converts it over as a webcam so any software can use it I talked about all of that in previous episodes and so I I and by the way I have been putting that stuff to use. It has been awesome. The content that I'm creating out here for like inside my studio when it comes to video productions, it's off the hook awesome. Uh, Production quality, production value has been through the roof. Now, the thing is though, is when it comes to vlogging, uh, vlogging is a little bit different than a full-on production, uh, you know, video production. And vlogging, vlogging, by the way, if you guys have not ever heard about this, it's like blogging but with a VL uh, instead of a B. So it's vlog instead of blog. And vlog is like a video log. And it's they're kind of all over the place. 
vlogging for some people is just where you're giving like a, a a glimpse into your life, but a vlog could be more than that. It could be filmmaking, like some of the stuff that K- Casey Neistat is doing, which by the way, I've been introduced to an entirely new world of content on YouTube uh, from these vloggers out there, these popular, super highly popular vloggers, these these people who have gained millions of subscribers to their vlogs. And I've kind of been drawn into that YouTube vlogging world. Now, here's the deal. I've been creating vlogs uh, for several years. In fact, I just recently published this past, or this week, I published my 100th a video in my vlog playlist. So it is literally 100 specifically titled vlog episodes. And if you're interested, you can go to cliffeotc.com. That stands for Cliff Encouraging Others Through Content. Uh, so cliffeotc.com, and you will see the playlist that has currently 100 vlogs. All right, now, The more recent vlog posts are going to be a whole lot better than the earlier vlog posts. But I've been playing around for with vlogging, gosh, going back years and years. It's been at least four, five, six, seven years, something like that. Now, when it comes to calling it a vlog, that's when it started. But I've been actually creating online video and what would technically be called a vlog I've been doing that since 2006, and all the way back when YouTube just started, I was one of, you know, I was, I'm an early adopter of technology, so I like this stuff, and I was playing around with creating content in a lot of different ways. I used to create video content on a camera that that recorded to, to actual film, uh, like it was a videotape. Uh, it was digital, though, but it was it was digital film. And I would have to convert that over and, and it was all horrible. But I've, I've had, you know, my fair share of video production over the years and I've always enjoyed creating that. I've come in little spurts of excitement over the video platform. But it's, when it comes to quality, back in those days, the, I, I really didn't think that the gear was there that made it convenient and not only that, but the amount of work that was involved and the fact that creatively it just takes so much more energy to do something creatively in video than it does in audio. And so I've always been drawn to audio. And there are so many more benefits to podcasting that that audio podcasting can offer you that I believe video can never touch. And so I've always focused all of my attention and effort and energy on the world of creating content in audio form. And I still believe in that today. In fact, somebody I was but I but I've been playing around with video a lot and recently I've been getting into Facebook live streaming a whole lot and there were a couple times as I as you've heard in the last two episodes of this podcast, there've been some times when I've been streaming and I shared some things like wow, this is content that is is probably something that I want to outlive how long it would ever be seen. You know, I want it to be seen again more than it would ever be seen in a Facebook stream. You know, those Facebook live streams, once they get into the archives of your timeline, that's never going to be seen again unless it pulls up as a memory a year later and you decide to share it. But chances are it's never going to get seen again. Whereas with an audio podcast, you know, there people tuning in all the time and going back and listening to some archived episodes. And same is true on YouTube. If you have a YouTube channel, there's a lot of people that'll go through and they'll check out the playlists 
that you've manually created for your channel and and they may even just go into the archive of your video uploads and and not to mention the fact people searching for stuff will if your topic if your topic of your vlog or video production is topical and it's something somebody happens to be searching for it's going to de- deliver some results there and that's true in in iTunes as well or the po- Apple podcast directory so the thing is is I've been creating all this Facebook live stream and I love creating for a live audience on Facebook. I love the video creation for a live audience, but I have not enjoyed the fact that that content is not as high quality. It is in my studio, but lately I've been wanting to get out and about. I wanted to be able to record content while I'm walking or sitting on my front porch, which has been my new thing lately. I don't know how long it'll be my thing, but it it has been my thing. For the last couple of weeks, I've been sitting on the front porch going live or just creating content only for YouTube. Um, but that's what I've been doing a lot lately. And as I've been creating this stuff, I've been putting some of it on my YouTube channel. And then when I've considered what I'm putting on my YouTube channel, it's like, okay, the way that, that I'm recording this on my iPhone using the front-facing camera and allowing Facebook to record it, sometimes Facebook is getting the audio sync completely off. Um, the app is not recording my audio with my video at the same time and uh, like correctly, it's, it's out of sync. And I didn't like that. The front-facing camera on my iPhone 6 Plus is not HD. It's not even 720p. And so I wasn't liking that. And so when I when I look at the content that I've been recording from my front porch from my iPhone's front-facing camera and I compare that to all this awesome gear that I just upgraded in my studio, I realize that when I'm recording something in my studio, my production value is wow. It is incredibly awesome. But then when I create this incredibly awesome topical content, but I'm putting it out from my front porch using the front-facing camera on my phone, the quality drops drastically as far as production value. And I'm like, okay, I don't like that. And then I'm, so, and, and of course, then I'm, I've been creating this content and I'm like, okay, I, I'm getting the bug to vlog again. Not daily vlogging, at least right now, but there was a time when I enjoyed the daily vlog but I don't like the idea of trying to come up with something every single day and and making that commitment that I'm going to have you something every day out there when, number one, I don't necessarily have the time for it. It would eat at the margin that I've built into my life. And to be honest with you, not every single day do I have something that I feel, or okay, it's not that I don't have, I have oftentimes, I almost always have things that I could share that would be valuable And when I was doing daily vlogging, it it did force me to come up with something valuable. And I did actually feel like when I did 100 days, or it wasn't 100 days, but when I did 30 days of nonstop daily vlogging, it... I felt like I put out some valuable content that I wouldn't have actually come up with had I not made the commitment. But it did eat at the margin in my life, okay? That was the biggest area. It it, it ate away at the margin of my life. It's like, okay, I want to go to bed uh, it, but no, I can't, I have to go down and finish, you know, editing the vlog and get it published. That, that was not how I wanted to spend every day of my life. But I've been watching these people on YouTube, these super popular folks that I am have been introduced to over the years, but have never paid much attention to because vlogging wasn't my thing. But lately, I have discovered a few people out there in the vlogging space. And Casey Neistat is definitely 
I think my, actually, no, I don't think he is. Casey Neistat is by far my favorite vlogger on YouTube. If you guys haven't checked out Casey Neistat, I encourage you to check him out. It's C-A-S-E-Y and it's Neistat and I think that's N-E-I-S-T-A-T. I'll put a link to him in my show notes if I can remember. If you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 509, if the link to Casey Neistat's YouTube channel is not there, then please do me a favor and put a comment in the show notes section and I'll be sure to go in and add a link to Casey into the show notes and I'll link it to you in the response to your comment. But anyway, Casey Neistat has, I think, the most amazing vlog visually. The way he He's not just a vlogger, he is a filmmaker, although today he will tell you that he used to say that he was a filmmaker and a YouTuber, but today he says, listen, I'm a YouTuber. That is my career. And uh, I think that is cool that there are people out there who can make their career as a YouTuber. And by the way, here's one thing that I've noticed about that, and I see this the same in podcasting as well. And that is, is that there, there are always going to be a select few people who seem to be able to have all the stars aligned with their gifts, talents, and abilities, their experience and and connections and all this other stuff where they just have what it takes at at the right time. And by the way, none of this has happened overnight. And and a lot of these people think that it just happened overnight. But a lot of these people were just had, had enough experience in their life and they had grown emotionally to a place in their life where they were able to really chip uh, cash in on the exposure that happened uh, by something that happened as a fluke for a lot of people with something that's gone viral. And anyway, what I'm saying though is there are a number of people out there, uh, probably I would say less than a hundred, who are making a very, very good living off of just creating videos on YouTube and they their most of their income is coming in from you know advertising from those youtube videos because they have millions of subscribers and even somebody like Casey who has 7 million subscribers i think he might be at 8 million subscribers now maybe even more i'm not sure but even somebody with 8 million subscribers if he releases a video we're talking maybe 3 or 4 million views so not every person who subscribes to a video uh, or to a channel watches all the videos and uh but anyway but still you get a million views on a video per per view, video and if you're doing you know daily vlogging like some of these folks do then that adds up and sure that's possible the concern that i see in the in the vlogging space is the number of people who are trying to duplicate what Casey Neistat and a handful of other YouTubers are doing. They're trying to, quote unquote, make a living from creating video content every single day. And I've looked at some of their stuff and and I see some folks out there and they've they've been able to amass an audience in the in the thousands. And I look at the content they're creating and I'm like, listen, that that is not what it, I think what what I'm getting at is many of these people think that what it is that got Casey Neistat and people at his level to where they are is the fact that they did they made a commitment that they wanted this and they were going to create content every single day. And well, I, I've I've come across a couple vloggers on YouTube who have been creating content every single day or at least Monday every Monday through Friday 
and their content that they're putting out is never it's never going to be the content that's not the kind of content that's going to get you big huge numbers and but at the same time what's weird i've come across a couple vloggers out there who have who do have millions of subscribers who are producing content every single day. They are getting hundreds of thousands of views, maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands of views on their videos every single day. And I personally, I don't understand it, but there's still more production value and there's still there's still a level of excellence that's there that's not in some of this other stuff that, that's being created out there. I guess what I'm getting at is that a couple different things. One, I see the appeal of trying to make a living from doing nothing more than making content. And for a lot of people, that seems to be like their dream, their goal. And I know this because as a podcast consultant and coach, there's a number of people who come to me and say, listen, I, I've seen a couple people out there who make their living from their podcast, that, that it generates a majority of their income. Leo Laporte could be an example of this. Uh, somebody else might be Mark Marin, or there there are a handful of other people. And by the way, the folks over at Gimlet Media, I would not consider them to be in that category. They are a startup that got millions of dollars of investing, and or at least a million dollars investing. I, I'm sure it was. I think it's multiple millions now that from investors. And yeah, they're they're revenue positive, but are, <laughs> I think it's going to be a long time before they pay money back to their investors. That's all I got to say about that. So they're, they're still on the hook for people that have, have given them money. But yeah, so so there are a handful of podcasters out there who can get behind a microphone and and they've developed enough fame that, that their podcast could be a primary source of income. But that's not going to happen for 99.999% of people who get behind a microphone and record a podcast episode. It just isn't. Um, even if you tried to do it daily. And in fact, I think doing it daily could actually hinder your efforts in actually creating great content that appeals to a larger, wider audience out there. Um, but and, and, I, and it's just interesting that I see the same thing happening in YouTube. It's just like, okay, there are a handful of people out there that have gained this popularity. They're doing vlogs on a daily basis. And then the number of people who are trying to duplicate it just by doing what they're doing and I, some of them just complete copies of some other content creators out there. Anyway, I don't know what the purpose of that is other than to say, you know, find your own way. Do your own thing tr- and and understand that just getting behind a camera or just getting behind a microphone and creating content, there are better ways, I believe, to make a difference in this world and also to generate an income. That's the one thing I can see is that everybody who's out there doing the daily stuff, their lives, some of them, their lives might seem at first glance super glamorous. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I, there's a guy, his name is Fun for Louie and and he's out there, he's a he's a travel travel vlogger and he's traveling to, he's currently in Kofu, Greece. Uh, and I, I've been checking out his his adventures in, in Kofu, I think is what it's called. And, you know, it, and I look at that and I'm thinking, wow, the it's beautiful cinematography, the, the way that he tells the story, the, the way that he shows these areas, the aerial views, it's like, oh my gosh, that's gorgeous. And what a, what a life it must be to live that. And then I think, 
okay, well, first of all, I, I, I took my video camera. I, I went out and purchased a brand new Canon EOS M6 video camera. And I, I, I've been playing around with some 1080p, 60 frames per second. I've been playing around with, you know, different shots and angles and telling stories in, in ways that these guys do it. And I happen to now know, and of course, I've done this a little bit before, even before I ever heard of Casey Neistat and all these other vloggers. I, I was playing around with some of this stuff, originally inspired by my friend, Father Roderick Von Hogan, who was, you know, who's the one who really got me excited about vlogging many years ago. So, um, so, but I know how much work is involved in that. And, and there's this one scene where I'm like, he's at dinner with his girlfriend and, you know, they're sitting at this most picturesque restaurant and the sunset is getting ready to come down. It's like unbelievable that they were able to get this table at last minute. And he says, I'm going to be right back. And then he takes his camera and goes and does goes to a, a a different place to film the sunset where I'm like, okay, but what, wait a second. What would be, what's intriguing about his life is that you feel like he's actually sitting there and enjoying that sunset with his girlfriend. But no, his girlfriend has been sitting there by herself for 20 to 40 minutes or maybe longer uh, while he went to go set up the camera to do the time lapse. And it's like, Wow, and and to think that every day, Monday through Friday, and here's the thing, if you listen and you watch these people close enough, you start hearing those like, yeah, we just really need a break, we're going to take a couple days off, blah, 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 and then I, I saw Casey did a video uh, recent, well, it was, I'm, I'm looking at some archived st- stuff from Casey Neistat, and I, I look at his, and he had this one friend of his, and I can't remember his name, but he it's a guy with this really fancy hairstyle. Uh, anyway, but um, yeah, anyway, he they were bo- both riding on their boosted boards, and this guy uh, had was a guest on Casey's vlog, and he goes, oh man, it's, it feels good because there's a lot of people probably wondering what, what's been going on in my world. Uh, because he hadn't vlogged in a couple days, and that's because he decided to take, he he's he going to stop daily vlogging, and he hadn't daily vlogged uh, in, I think he had it had been a couple days, it might have been five or six or seven days, I'm not sure, at that point in time, but he had just stopped daily vlogging, and I can't remember, it was something ridiculous, it was something either for two and a half years, three and a half years, or six years, I can't remember what it was, but he had, he, and, and I've seen a lot of these vloggers who used to do daily vlogs who are no longer doing daily vlogs, and all I hear about is the burnout. The burnout, the burnout, the burnout. It's like, yeah, it's it may seem great, it might be all this and blah, 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 but I hear about the burnout. And burnout, my friends, is not a good thing for your overall health in general. Uh, burnout is not just being tired and, and, you know, fed up with the routine and bored and wanting to do something new. Burnout has a lot of implications inside of us and, and internally our organs can be damaged by burnout. And so I don't know, I, I just, I see this world that glamorizes and celebritizes I don't think the, I think the second word was made up, but I see all these people who are looked up to and put on a pedestal and it's like, oh man, they have the life and I want to live that life. And I see all these other vloggers out there who are trying to achieve it. And it's it's just, it is a mirror universe to the audio podcasting world. And I just thought that that was intriguing. And with all of that being said, here's the deal. 
I I love audio podcasting and I enjoy creating this content. And again, the 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 benefits that I talk about with where podcasting can deliver benefits that no other platform could possibly even come to, close to. I still believe there are benefits that I get from having an audio podcast that me creating a YouTube channel will never be able to deliver the benefits that I get here, not to the degree that I get here. But with that being said, there are definitely there are definitely benefits to creating video as well. There are benefits to creating Facebook live stream videos that I would not get from videos pus- published to my YouTube channel. Uh, and those those are typically going to be the live interaction with those who are connected with me on Facebook. And yes, I know I could do YouTube Live, but there are very real reasons why I would choose to do Facebook Live over YouTube Live. And the the biggest reason is automatically publishing that stuff to my channel without me getting a chance to do some editing. I If, if I'm gonna publish something to my YouTube channel, these days I'm trying to get that content to be a little bit more professionally polished something that's representative of where my brand is today. I want it to be an edited message, whereas Facebook live streaming, I, I get the benefit of being free-flowing. It doesn't have to be edited, you know, all of that other stuff. So, but the benefits of being on Facebook live is that, man, I can just catch people throughout their day and be top of mind, but it also gives me an opportunity to interact with them, to respond to questions, to, to respond to their comments, to get their ideas on some things that are, thoughts going through my head. It, I, I love the immediacy of the feedback that I get when I go Facebook Live. But there's also benefits of having a YouTube channel. I mean, YouTube is the number two search engine in the world. And there's value in creating content on there. And so a couple questions that have come up for me lately as a result of doing so much video and spending so much money on equipment is, Cliff, are, are you transitioning into video out of audio? I mean, if somebody was just getting started today, would you recommend that they start creating video instead of audio? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And my thoughts are still today, if you wanted to start creating content online, audio is where I would recommend. And it's not because I that's where I make my living teaching people. Because if I wanted to, I could make a living teaching people how to do video. Uh, my friend Tim Schmoyer does that. And I know that I could do it. I have enough experience in video that I could teach people and make a full-time career out of teaching people how to do video production. But the reason why I'm sticking with podcasting is not because I have all the years of branding under my belt for podcasting and I'm known in this space because I could I could, I could, could actually get that status in video faster I, and using the platform that I have already built to get me there faster. But that that's not the thing. I still think that audio's a better place to start because number one, you don't have to worry about it. Do you have cilantro in your teeth after you've just uh, re- visited the, your local Chipotle for lunch or dinner or both <laughs> in, in my case sometimes? Uh, but anyway, the, the reality is, is that you don't have to worry about is your hair out of place? You know, did you shave this morning? You know, um, what shirt are you wearing? Is it the same shirt that you wore the last five videos? Those kind of questions. Um, you don't have to worry about the the production value of your tra- scene transitions. Are you changing your camera angle every so often to keep people's attention? The fact that it's, you know, you're, if you really want to get your thoughts about something and you want to talk for more than 10 minutes, you know, it, is, is video really good for that? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that go into audio b- making that number one, uh, creating a 
top-notch quality level, 10 out of 10 quality, audio quality, it is so much easier to achieve a 10 out of 10 production value in audio compared to a 10 out of 10 production value for video. A 10 out of 10 production value in video is gonna cost you a lot of money in equipment, but here's the deal, it's gonna cost you a lot of, it's gonna cost you an initial investment in audio as well, although in audio, the investment that is required to get a 10 out of 10 is so much lower. Uh, I mean, I could actually create a 10 out of 10 audio quality podcast with $200. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that I could pull off 10 out of 10 audio quality for this podcast and, and spend only $200 in equipment. I could do that. I do not believe I could do that. Not 10 out of 10 quality in, in production value on, on YouTube for $200 in equipment. But then in audio, it's, you set up the equipment and you can create 10 out of 10. Once you've got everything set up, you're good to go. You hit the record button you've got, and, and you stop and you might run the same process. Maybe do a little editing if you're newer and you've made some mistakes or you have tons of ums in there and stuff like that. But the more you get into this and the more you do it, the better you find yourself communicating without making those mistakes. And you can eventually get to the place where you could do an episode like this and not do any editing at all. So, but anyway, I could do 10 out of 10 audio quality over and over and over again repeatedly with just getting behind the mic, hitting the record button and going, whereas in video, there, there is like, okay, let's color grade this maybe a little bit. Uh, it, do I want to put a little vignetting on there? Do I want to put music in the background? Do I want to do, I wanna do jump cuts here? Do I want to do transitions? Do I want to take some B-roll footage? I mean, to get a real quality 10 out of 10 that competes with other content out there, there's a ton of video, or a ton of work that goes into creating video to make it compelling content on YouTube. So with all of that being said, I, yeah, I would, I would say still today, if somebody's just starting out, what do I think is a better platform? I still believe that audio podcasting is the place where I would tell somebody to start. And uh, I, I, I firmly, firmly believe that. And there are other reasons. The no screen time required. The, 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 all of the other benefits. I, you guys hear me talk about the benefits of podcasting. And of course, now the lawn people are outside. So when my gate opens up and I'm talking, you might hear the lawn people out there right now. It, it, it never fails. They come on Friday afternoons. And when I'm recording these last minute podcast episodes for you guys, they're mowing the grass right outside. But I'm not editing them out. I'm going to wrap it. It's now one o'clock in the afternoon. I have one hour before my weekly group coaching call. I still need to publish this thing and go have some lunch. So need to wrap up here shortly. But here's what I will say is that I am absolutely loving creating content for video on Facebook live stream. It is immensely useful for me in getting my message out, sometimes to a completely different audience. Now, yes, I know some of you out there, you're listening to my, you're watching everything I publish on uh, the Facebook live stream. A majority of you do not, though. Uh, So, but there are a handful of you who will watch everything that I put on Facebook Live, and and I got that feedback from a friend of mine who says, "Hey, Cliff, I, you know, I just a little feedback. I watched the whole thing, and then you know, it was a repeat when you played the audio from that on your podcast episode, and you know, it, it it wasn't as compelling for me to listen to through a second time. Although it was, you know, I guess I could pick up some things here and there, and I take that feedback and I and I get it. And of course, I'm not a huge fan." of repurposing content personally. 
Uh, I try to do that as little as possible. I want to create content custom for each platform that I use. That's my own personal feelings on repurposing. In fact, I just created a full video production that is actually on that topic. And if you were to sign up for my mailing list today, you would get that in 28 weeks from now. Uh, My mailing list is a weekly podcast development newsletter that you can get over at podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter. In fact, the very first update that you would get is a guaranteed method for you to get shown or for your podcast to show up in more search results in the Apple Podcasts directory. Guaranteed if you follow the steps in the first podcast development newsletter update, which you would get within an hour of signing up for my newsletter, you're guaranteed to start showing up in more search results in the podcast directory. So you might want to check that out, podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter. But anyway, I just recorded a YouTube professionally uh, processed and and well done, great looking, 1080p, 60 frames per second, edited, all of that stuff. It's in my newsletter. And so, yeah, that, that's kind of what I've been working on. I've, in fact, I've and also just go over to youtube.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm almost at eight, I'm, I'm about ready to hit 8,000 subscribers. I'm at 7,672 subscribers. And that's with me doing like how many, think about this. This is episode 509 of this podcast. For those of you who have been listening for a couple months and for those of you who have been listening for many years, how many times have you ever heard me promote my YouTube channel? It almost never happens, right? Well, without doing anything, I've established an audience, uh, a subscription base of 7,672 people on my YouTube channel. But this is me promoting my YouTube channel. If you wanna see what I've been up to, specifically, I'm gonna tell you where to go. Go to youtube.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. youtube.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. And when you get on my channel, um, the, what I would encourage you to do, number one, you can check out my most recent vlog posts and there's a playlist for the vlog. It's called the Cliff EOTC vlog. And again, you could get there directly to the vlog at cliffeotc.com. It takes you straight to that playlist. But the reason why I would send you to the channel at youtube.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft is because it's got a, I just created a brand new public playlist that has four videos in it currently and it's called videos I most often refer others to. And the first one is called Eight Benefits of Audio Podcasting. The second one that I have in the list is They're Not Paying You for an Hour of Your Time, which may sound familiar to those of you who are listening week to week of this show. Um, and then there's one, it's actually Vlog 98 in this one. It's called Best Vlog Camera for 2017. And that, my friends, is a video, it's a 21-minute video where I talk about what I have discovered to be the my favorite vlogging camera out of all the years of everything I've ever researched in cameras, my new vlogging camera setup. And if you wanna see that, you can head over to, again, um, you know what, I'll, I'll take the best vlogging camera setup. I'll go ahead and put that in the show notes. I'll embed that video in the show notes over at podcastanswerman.com slash 509. Anyway, guys, I tell you what, I, I hate to end with the weed eater getting ready to weed eat right outside my window here, but I do need to wrap up. I wanted to be here for you guys. I did not want to go a Friday without um, publishing an episode. 
I do want you to know that podcasting is still my first and, and priority in content creation, but I am eaten up right now and I am totally loving my video production and I'm really looking to continue to take that to a whole new level because I just want to continue to get my message out to a wider, broader audience. But for those of you who are just getting started, focus on your podcasting until you really have it honed in. But once you've been podcasting for a while and you want to dabble in video, by all means, get out there and dabble in video. There's some exciting things with Facebook live streaming and the potential that's out there that exists for you with YouTube as well. It's For me, it's not about just being on one platform. And certainly for me, it's not taking one piece of content and repurposing it and putting it everywhere. But it, understanding that there is a different audience of people in the world that listen to audio podcasts, that prefer audio podcasts over any other pl- uh, content methods out there. There are people out there who prefer reading content. I don't give those people a whole lot. Uh, but there are people who are out there who would most prefer to read your blogs and to subscribe to your email newsletters. Um, then there are people who would prefer to watch videos on YouTube all day. And they may, most of those people could care less about audio podcasting. And then there are people who really don't check out anything on YouTube. They really don't subscribe to any podcast. But by golly, they spend most of their day on Facebook. So the reality is is that every platform has a different audience. There is going to always be a little bit of overlap among the different platforms. Some of you probably are listening to my podcast and subscribe to me here and also subscribe to my YouTube channel and also you follow me on Facebook and you catch some of my live streams. But the the number of people that do that, I can tell you, is usually somewhere about maybe 2 to 3% of those of you listening to this podcast. So about 2 to 3% of you are out there and following me in those other places. So when I say that I have 7,000 subscribers and almost 8,000 subscribers on YouTube, thousands of those people are people who are not subscribed to my audio podcast. So it is me reaching a different audience. And when I get hundreds or a or 1,000 plus views of a Facebook live stream, you might think that a lot of those people are people who are already subscribed and listening to my podcast on a weekly basis, but not always the case, my friends. I'm very often reaching a different audience there as well. Yes, those people are my friends. Yes, they've discovered my brand, but a lot of those people on Facebook are following me because, well, they've heard about me as the Podcast Answer Man They've heard about the fact that I help people launch podcasts. They've heard that I'm, you know, this social media guy who has his own online business. They know of me, but a lot of them have maybe heard me speak at a conference. They've heard, you know, some of my friends refer to me or tag me in posts inside of Facebook. Uh, And so they decided to add me as a friend or follow me on Facebook but yet they've never yet taken the plunge to even listen to a single episode and certainly not subscribe to the podcast that I do yet. They may not be subscribed to my YouTube channel, but yet they are connected with me as a friend for one reason or another. And as a result of doing those Facebook live streams, I am reaching a new audience. And that's why, and, and trust me, I, I, and I just want to leave you with this. My firm belief is that the best thing to do is to hit record and communicate specifically a message for your audio podcast audience. And it's okay every now and then to do what I did, I think, at the the last two weeks, which was to bring you recordings from 
other content. I think it's okay to do that from time to time, but I don't think it's a great idea to do that consistently. Instead, I like the idea of bringing content specifically made for you here on my audio podcast. I like creating custom content, interacting and engaging with people just for those on Facebook live stream. And I also like creating content that is just for my YouTube channel. And with that, my friends, I am going to keep this under an hour by ending within the last and with ending within the next seven seconds. And I'll say until next week, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast. It's a man.